All right, guys, before we get started, I want to tell you about our new partner, Solace Meds. They've got some smoking hot deals to offer, and they have four convenient locations in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, one off of Broadway, and one just blocks away from the DNVR bar on East Colfax. They've got 15% off all gold shelf concentrates, 20% off Wanda tinctures, 20% off Mountain Select rosin and cartridges, 25% off Blues Brothers joint packs, and more and more and more. There's so many great deals down at Solace Meds, and what's the best part? When you use the code DNVR20, you can take those great deals they already offer and add an additional 20% off your entire order. And even more, when you go to the Wheat Ridge location, you use that code DNVR20, you get 20% off, and you get a free Solace Bar or King Cone. Like I said, so many smoking hot deals down at Solace Meds, so check them out. S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com. You can purchase from there or head into one of those four convenient Colorado locations. We are DNVR, and we are live from Studio B. The B stands for beaten eight straight playoff games, and we are presented by MSU Denver Online. Check them out, msudenver.edu slash online today to scope out all they have to offer. Uh, you got 750 total classes, 45-plus online and hybrid programs, and there's something for everyone over there. The best part is MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other Colorado institution So if you're interested in getting a degree and furthering your education while maintaining a full-time job, MSU Denver is the perfect place for you, Zach. My boys. Oh, (laughs) guys, the Broncos are the next hope for this city. Yeah, you know, at this rate, um, especially the way the Rockies are playing, the Broncos might be the next team in Denver to win a game. (laughs) Oh, man. Boy, that is Win a road game, definitely. I mean... (laughs) I mean, the Broncos were actually better on the road last year than they were at home. Unlike your Colorado Rockies, who they, they, they won, what, one road game this past week in this trip to Miami and Cincinnati, That's if anyone's more, keeping track. It's more than I had yeah. them down for. <laughs> hey, well, the good news at is- least they won a game. Yeah. In the last week, wow. something that the Nuggets and Avs oh, sadly man. failed to that do. That is tough. That is tough. I mean, last week was supposed to be, you know, this fantastic week in Denver sports. And like May said, not a win. You know, biggest bomb since the Phantom Menace. Some, at least in expectations versus the reality of the film. <laughs> Who's Jar Jar Binks in this? Uh, Jar Jar Binks would be, um, wow. <sighs> we don't have to put that yeah, in. Yeah, I don't want to put that on anybody. The refs last night. How about that? Oh, uh, yeah. There, there we it. go. Yep. I was at the game, and it was just, you know, it was such a... You know what? Never. Mind. We're not going <laughs> to go down that road. Um, but the yeah, good, the good news is is may say and the Broncos may have a better chance to win on the road than any team this past week. Well, they start with two road games, so that's some encouragement. That is some mm-hmm. encouragement. Um, what was I going to say? That you know, I was just going to say 
Jar Jar? The death by paper cuts in this case was actually a little bit better. Like, by the time last night's game came around, I had no soul left anyway. You know, like, (laughs) it was already gone. So, it's, like, I act... In a roundabout way, it was better than losing in a game seven. Oh, yep. Just because it was very clear. Right. And, like, the Nuggets was easy. And even the Avs, like... By the time that game came around, I mean, it's not like they even pushed it to seven. It was in six. Right. It was just like yep. slow and deliberate death. Yep. Could you imagine if Jokic was ejected like he was last night in a in game, game seven. seven? Oh, that mm. would be brutal. <clears throat> this one, I mean, it still was brutal. It was terrible. Uh, I'm sure every fan at the game, including yourself, Ryan, lost their voice screaming at the refs, but it's not like that cost him the yeah, series. The only yeah. people who lost out in that was the Suns business side. Because they would have had a game five at home, they would have had. I don't people feel buying, bad for the Suns. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> buying concessions and all that beyond Nikola Jokic not playing down the stretch, the only people who really lost something in that were like the business operations of the Suns. Like, damn it, we lose a we lose a date. So if you're not interested in the Rockies, which no one can really blame you for, you turn your lonely eyes to the Denver Broncos, who mm. are starting mandatory minicamp this week. And this is usually when you start to turn the corner towards the season, at least in my eyes. Uh, everything else feels like it's build up, And then it's like, okay, you get through mandatory minicamp, and then you're kind of on the fast track. Yep. Um, there's a little break there, which will go by really quick because, you know, this is like the time of the summer when everyone is active and doing stuff. And then you blink, and it's training camp, and you're ready to go. So minicamp is significant on the calendar and it's significant I think for a few players here so the question I wanted to start with you guys and I'll start with you Mace is who has the most to prove in this mini camp and what exactly you know what types of things are you looking for from them well I mean the obvious thing is to say quarterbacks based on what we've seen to date and I think you have to you have to start any conversation with Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke we've seen them for three for three practices one per week the last three weeks we've seen both of them try to do things that aren't necessarily in their core of strengths Teddy push it downfield Drew kind of take check downs take what's there but kind of bubbling beneath the surface a little bit I think is a guy who has not been at OTAs and that's a Melvin Gordon Ooh, because one thing that the Broncos have seen is that They've got some interesting running backs, Javante Williams, Mike Boone, without him. And certainly Javante is going to take some playing time from Melvin Gordon. Well, I thought Melvin made a mistake not being at OTAs until this week because the Broncos had the possibility of finding out they might be able to live without him. Ooh, so you mean like live without him this year? Maybe live with him being a, a backup or being somebody they try to use as a trade piece. Wow. Now, how valuable is Melvin Gordon in the, in the trade market? Not very valuable. I mean, you basically, you'd basically be doing a, a salary dump at that point, a contract dump. But if Javante Williams showed enough, then, it's, then maybe you ride with him. Now, you also have a coaching staff that is coaching for their jobs, and so they may not want to offload themselves of the security blanket that is Melvin Gordon. Wouldn't that be something, moving on from Phil and Melvin yeah. in one off season yeah. to go with a rookie, a new guy you brought in uh, who's only making $2 million, and Royce Freeman. I 
don't think that'll happen. But what I am curious to see with Melvin is how is he rotated in? Is he rotated in as the clear number one this week? Because one thing we've seen through OTAs over these past couple of weeks is the running backs just one, two, three, three, two, one, two, three, one. They've just been rotated in like crazy. Does it stay like that? Is Melvin the third on day one and then the second on day two and then the first on, on day three? Is he the one? Is he not getting as much time? Do the coaches kind of punish him for not being there? Or is he clearly going to be the, the lead back in this and every day he starts off as the number one guy? I would guess that he gets a little bit of pushback from the coaches. Um, if I know anything about football coaches, um, you know, he, in my opinion, I don't think he was enough last year to be the type of guy who just shows up and walks in as the number one. Um, and the Broncos actions drafting Javante Williams in the second round also tells me that they aren't, they don't think Melvin Gordon is the, the running back of the future here. So with that hanging over his head and the fact that he didn't show up um, at OTAs, I think that they give, I bet Royce Freeman probably gets the first round. Oh. <laughs> um, and, Pure comedy. Yeah, and then Javante Williams and then Melvin Gordon, at least in day one. And then maybe Mike Boone is the fourth guy. Yeah. Well, Boone, Boone's look good. I mean, obviously there's no pads on, but Boone, both Boone and Javante, they read the holes really well. Like Royce Freeman, we've seen him run into his blockers a couple of times out there in the practice. We see, you know, Boone and, well, and Javante – Doing yeah, that's that's kind of the flashback you have, right? Of you know when the, when they're running into to, you know, the the butt the, the the butt of Cameron Fleming or Natani Moody, but you look at uh, Javante Williams and Mike Boone. At least from what we've seen, they've looked very good at at reading the holes as they develop and then accelerating forward. Who's the most likely running back to get cut of those four? Royce Freeman. Royce. Yeah, that'd be even funnier yeah. if he starts yeah. off as the number one guy. <laughs> Mace, did you just say in the comment section that you're drinking Pepsi Zero Mango? Yeah, it's amazing. Wow. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, so, yeah. That's well, Stephen C had a comment said, Mace getting started early. I see. No, I am not day drinking. It's only, you should I mean, just lean into that. <sighs> oh, absolutely. I I, I it's know. a nice break. I'm too square. <laughs> I'm too square. I'm boring. Um, I, I mean, day drinking is something they do in like uh, Wisconsin at a tailgate or something like that. I, well, as I can't they, bring myself to do that. As they say, Mace, you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. Right. So you've got a you've got a good shot. You've got it's, a few minutes it's, left. It's five o'clock somewhere, right? Um, yeah, it's five o'clock in, uh, in in London in London right now. Actually, five twenty-two. I'm setting the odds at mm, plus five thousand that I would enjoy Pepsi Zero Mango. <laughs> that you would enjoy it. Like I just. I don't. I don't even like like mango white claws. Oh, wow. I love everything you're, mango. Yeah, you're in the wrong there. Yeah. I don't. I yeah. Uh, I <laughs> like an actual mango. I like okay. the little dried mango. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anything flavored sweetened. mango. Yeah. You ever have mango Not jam? Good. I don't think I'd like that. Oh I don't my think, god! I don't think mango would be his jam. Jeez. <laughs> Zach, anyway. you are ready to go to Tampa. Yeah, Zach's, Zach is ready to go. Um, I did too much day drinking this weekend to be that ready to go. Any night drinking last night watching the Nuggets too? Or I mean, so Got as it, you guys man. know, I was I was up at a golf tournament with all of my buddies from high school. Um, and so uh, coming back from that and then going to the Nuggets game, I was moving pretty slowly. I did have a seltzer or two, but. Nothing crazy. Yeah, that is uh, that. I bet your weekend was pretty crazy. What is yeah. that? Two two guys back, weekends back to back. Back to back. Oh man! <laughs> and then got a wedding this weekend. So yeah, that's it's not going to slow down. It's not slowing down anytime <laughs> soon. Um, but all right. Uh, on top of the running back situation, I mean, the obvious one here is the quarterbacks. 
Now, I think this is interesting because if you're just basing on th how things went in OTAs, I think you would say Drew Locke has the most to prove here. But I still have this feeling that Teddy Bridgewater is the challenger and he has to win this competition. Mm. Um, now, he's in the lead. But, Zach, where do you fall on this? Who has more to prove out of those two in this, this minicamp? I don't think the quarterbacks have anything to prove in this minicamp. I think Drew Locke has everything mm. to prove. Because like you said, throughout OTAs, Teddy Bridgewater has won. He, he was kind of a push uh, to and, and maybe the slight, slight favorite the first practice we saw. He definitely won the second practice, and he definitely won the third practice in my mind. So this is all comes down to Drew, and we know what Teddy's going to be. He doesn't have to go out there and, and light it up. He just, we know what quarterback he's going to be for the Broncos this year. You know, maybe 18 touchdowns, nine picks, 10 picks, 16 touchdowns, nine picks, something like that. We don't know what Drew's going to be. If Drew has is going to be like he was last year, then that's not good enough. But we know his ceiling is very high, and that's a very dangerous word to talk about because you can pretty much build a ceiling as high for any quarterback. I mean, you could say Teddy Bridgewater ceilings, the the nine touchdowns, two interceptions, 5-0 and with the Saints. So that that's tough to look at. We need to see it from Drew, and we need to see progress being made. And we're not going to just see one practice this week. We're going to see multiple practices this week, whether that's two or three. And I want to see some consistency from Drew, taking those turnovers down because, Ryan, where I disagree with you, you think that that Drew, it's his job to lose. I think it's Teddy's job to lose, so that's why I need to see Drew overcome his struggles from last year and overcome his struggles from the first, from from these last couple of weeks. And it's all kind of about what the coach's perception is, and you know they're not going to necessarily tip their hands on it. But you have a head, you have a head coach who is coaching for his job. You have an offensive coordinator who has worked with Teddy Bridgewater. More, slightly more than he's worked with Drew Locke at this point. And so I think in their I think in their minds Drew has got to prove that he is not the guy that he was last year whereas with Teddy they between what he did in Minnesota for Pat Sherman for for Pat Sherman in terms of knowing the scheme but also what he did in Minnesota for George Payton and then what he did last year like there's that knowledge that okay if you put him in you're going to get Average, steady, competent play. It's can Drew Lock can Drew Lock be steady and competent, and can he or can he prove that he's got potential beyond that? So I think the onus really it's it's strange to kind of view, to see it this way when you have an incumbent like you mentioned, but I think the onus is on Drew. <clears throat> and I think that's fair. I mean, one thing I do want to call back is our podcast uh, and live show with Shelby Harris the other day, which. Mm -hmm. If you haven't watched, we have the whole thing uploaded onto to. YouTube. Um, for my money, potentially my favorite show we've ever done. It was incredible. We've done thousands? Yep. Thousands yeah. of shows. That's actually crazy. We really have done thousands yeah. of shows. Uh, we've done thousands of shows. I think that might be my favorite one. Shelby was awesome. He was yeah. everything we thought he was going to be and more. Like when you have, I guess to like put this into perspective for you guys, when you have athletes as guests... You have really low expectations. Um, you don't First expect off, you're, you're worried if they're going to show yes. up. You don't yeah. expect them to show up. You don't expect them to be on time if they are going to show up. Mm -hmm. You don't expect them early. to give you much time if yeah. they do show up at any time. Mm -hmm. And even if all of those things line up, you don't really expect them to give great answers <laughs> no, to anything right. you're saying. <laughs> Shelby checked off every single box 
with an A+. Plus. Yeah. Showed up 30 minutes early, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just hanging out with us. Um, he went from that to absolutely just hanging out all day. Yep. He hung out for an hour and a half after the show. <laughs> yeah. And then the entire show, like, I sat in the middle because, as you can see there, um, it was my job to drive the show. Well, I just, like, handed the keys to Shelby. You know? <laughs> yeah. This is your show now. Go ahead. Have it. So uh, if you guys have any time today and you want to go catch that show, you can also mm -hmm. catch it in podcast form anywhere you listen to podcasts. But, um, yes, we have the full version because we had some technical difficulties. Um, so go watch the full version or listen to it uh, wherever you get your podcast. It was awesome. Anyways. Look what happened to his Milwaukee Bucks after he yeah. showed up. Undefeated. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, I was thinking maybe, you know, the silver lining of all of those playoff losses for Denver. What if that was a sacrifice to the sports gods oh, to get Aaron Rodgers? Oh, okay. Milwaukee Bucks yeah. come on. Especially anyone on this podcast will definitely take yeah, it. Exactly. Okay. What why I was calling back the Shelby Harris podcast is because he said something that we had kind of floated but haven't really committed to as a take. And he said it as a very strong take, which was OTAs are all about working on what you aren't great at. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we had talked about that with Drew and all the checkdowns we were talking about is, okay, well, maybe the coaches are giving him an objective of, hey, look downfield, check down. Look right. downfield, check down. We want to see you get used to that. See if it's there. If it's not there, make a quick, decisive decision because, you know, checkdowns aren't great. But if you make them decisively enough, they will keep you on schedule. And that's the thing. The problem is if you look, 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 then check down, well, that linebacker has already made his way to the flat and he's either getting blown up or he's getting a yard or two or he's got to make a special move. If you go, if you look, see if it's there, realize the coverage and check down quickly, you can get three, four yards. So maybe that is why it seemed like Drew was being too conservative. Mm -hmm. And the same could go for Teddy, who you guys liked him being a little bit more aggressive than maybe his reputation is. Um, and maybe that, you know, that's why he was like that. And to me, when Shelby said that, I was like, okay, so that's not just something like that would be an excuse for Drew Locke. It actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And that's something that, that you hope to see start to change in this mini camp is Drew, not just doing the checkdowns, taking the shots, but then also being secure with the ball. Because what we've seen through, through OTAs is we haven't seen the big plays from Drew, but we've still seen the mistakes. If the mistakes are going to be there, well, first off, he's probably not going to win the job, but he's got to counter those with at least some big plays because you're not going to have Drew Locke who led the NFL in interceptions last year, be your starting quarterback. If you don't get the big plays with it, if he's only throwing five yards so uh, drew we need to see him throw the ball downfield and then one thing that i want to continue to see from teddy isn't pulling back and turning into into the check down guy who's not throwing deep you want to continue to see him throw deep so you want to see drew change a little bit and you don't want to see teddy change did drew even make the big plays though last year boy in carolina in the carolina game he yeah. he did to kj the hamler game the last one last quarter mm -hmm. of the charger game right there, Last quarter, there of the were Falcons. there were. I don't like that we can point them out. <laughs> oh, the, right. There were flashes, but the problem is like no, it wasn't sustained. I mean, like you think like the Charger game, that fourth quarter comeback, he, he makes some, he makes a lot of big time throws, and then you go to Atlanta the next week and he's making shaky decisions. I mean, you, you have 
you you have open receivers that he's missing to throw it in traffic. You have uh, that, that that throw down the middle wing you're, when he's just trying to kind of airmail it and make something happen when they're down fourteen. When you know, as we would see as as far as how that fourth quarter went, there he didn't have to make a panic throw in that situation. And so Drew, it's like he would all have these bursts, but then he couldn't stack them up. Like the, the Carolina game, for example, a terrific game. I mean, yep. without question, terrific game for him. And then you're going up against Buffalo the next week. And then pfft, that's, and that's the thing for Drew. He can't, you know, he, he can't, he hasn't been able to sustain it beyond these bursts. And so that's where, becoming a more consistent quarterback comes into play because if you're kind of going from the Carolina game one week to having three interceptions dropped and a, and a, and a fumble and a scoop and score against you the next week, then that, that's, that means that every time you feel like he's turned a corner, he's running into a truck. He's got to, he's got to get past that. Yeah, he, he, he absolutely does. And, and again, one thing that I like about this week is we get to see if these guys are going to be consistent. And because we get to watch this entire week and we get to see if Drew is going to be consistent in his decision-making. We get to see if Teddy's going to consistently throw the deep ball. Guys, there is a chance that Drew has had his worst days on the ga- on the practices that we've been able to watch. And that, and that is not our choice. We don't get to choose which practices we watch. The Broncos choose that. There's a chance Drew's going out and lighting it up every other practice. Now, the odds, I, I wouldn't put, put, put the odds in the favor of that, but there's a chance of that, and we get to watch this entire week. Some interesting news here. Uh, Shaquem Griffin mm-hmm. getting a tryout with the Broncos here at minicamp. You know, this is a guy who obviously was covered heavily in college and in the draft. Um, a big part of it is that he's missing a hand, but he's also a pretty good player, a fast, you know, a fast type of player. Do you think he can make the team? Yeah, I, I think he can make the team. Now, he's really going to make the team as a special teams guy. He's played in all, every single game but two games during his three-year career, of course, with the Seahawks all, that entire time. But what you like to see about him is, like you said, an athletic linebacker can play really any linebacker spot. You, you like that, and I would say that, you know, he, he will probably come out of this minicamp on the team. Well, remember, he had that if – he, if he signs, I think you give him a long look – he brings speed at linebacker that you don't have right now. Yep. Well, I mean, Justin Sternod, but not right. quite as fast. Yeah, I mean, what was his time? Four three eight at the combine yeah, when he came out. Speedy. Yeah, and it was funny. Like, Shaquem Griffin and Joseph Jewell were on the board at the same time going into day three of that draft, and the Broncos you know, went for the guy who was a little bit more, sa- more sound in Joseph Jewell, but the guy who didn't have the athletic upside. Shaquem Griffin has athletic upside. Now, Seattle... It did. It hasn't really gone well for him, so there's a reason why he's on the discard pile. But I think if you kind of view him in the proper context here, maybe he's somebody who can help you in coverage, but potentially he can really help you on special teams with that speed, and that's where he might be a fit. Yeah, he's also a little bit of kind of a case of where speed doesn't always translate mm-hmm. to coverage abilities. Yeah. Um, but you like to have that speed somewhere. Uh, in the bag in your linebacking group. And he's definitely a level above, you know, whereas Stranod may be the opposite of that. Whereas you don't necessarily need great speed, high level speed to be a good coverage linebacker. I think right. that's kind of the play they they made there with him was, look, he's not blistering fast, but we like the way he covers. 
kind of those are kind of the opposites there. When you look at the linebacker room, there is a spot right there for oh. a fourth inside linebacker spot because you have Stranod third, and then you maybe have a pretty wide open spot there. Maybe Josh Watson takes it, but there's definitely a chance for for someone on the outside to come in. And I mean, just an inspiring story, you know, mm-hmm. like a guy who has overcome a lot. Um, and I mean, his entire career is a is a pretty special. Yeah, it really is. So that that would be uh, that would be a fun story entering training camp. He gets a shot this week to prove it. Yep. S- sack Darren Rogers once. Well, maybe he'll get a couple more in chances in training camp. <laughs> um, all right, uh, we want to take a quick break here. On the other side, I want to talk about a comment that r- kind of surprised me as it relates to Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater and this quarterback uh, competition from Von Miller. But first. I want to give a shout out to Breckenridge Brewery. It's early on Monday. Mace already crushing a Breck brew over there, um, or, or something like Looks that. Like a porter. Yeah, it could be a could be a Breck brew. Maybe a yeah. mango porter. Ma- Yo, mango mosaic. Yes, is a that's Breck right. Brew. Yes. You can make your own arcade. Maybe it's a Mace special where you mix mango and a porter and Pepsi gets, Zero. <laughs> right. yeah, maybe we get some like mango puree that you can get and pour it in there. Perhaps. Oh, wow. Well, you've seen like like you go to the liquor stores and all that. They have like the strawberry and they have the you know raspberry. Some of them have mango and peach. Hmm. Sounds good. Yeah. Someone did say. Oh, oh, we'll get back to that. Yes, we um, will. <laughs> Breckenridge Brewery. You can get all sorts of incredible beers over there. Uh, and right now, you can go down to the farmhouse and get the Envy Pills, which is a uh, pilsner that they made in honor of the National Basketball Association MVP. Nikola Jokic. Um, and then, of course, while you're down there, grab some lemonade seltzers, some regular good company seltzers. There's so much down at Breck Brew. And as the weather gets hot, you're going to need something to cool you down. Breck Brew will refresh you in the right way. And if you're looking for an MVP when buying a home, check out our friends over at Chevalier Mortgage. Mike and Virginia Chevalier are not only part of our DNVR family, they are diehard Colorado sports fans, and they can give you the best options when buying a home because they don't just look at one interest rate or one number when you're purchasing a home. They look at your entire financial picture, which is so important because they can lump things together, find the best solutions for you, and they got the tools to do that because Michael Chevalier is a certified financial planner, giving him the the knowledge to be able to do that. And you can call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578 or visit them at dnvrmortgage.com. And when you go over there and check out dnvrmortgage.com, you'll get a chance to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. And you will also get set up with a free consultation. So make sure to check them out over at dnvrmortgage.com. You know, that's a complicated read. Aaron Rodgers is a complicated fella as Packers president Mark Murphy would say. But what isn't complicated is becoming a member of DNVR and what the benefits are, of course. Come on down here to the DNVR bar, and if you are a DNVR member, you'll get one of those big member beers for the price of a small beer. So if you want to try what Shelby Harris tried on our last show, try the RK special, maybe you'll like it a little better than Shelby did. Everyone else likes it. Everyone but Shelby likes it. <laughs> Maybe that's his, what you say. A lot of people came to my defense on Twitter. It's true. They did. They did. And I liked it. Someone was like, Shelby Harris is one of my favorite players ever, but he's wrong about this. That's <laughs> damn right. He may not like a, a beer with a lot of hops. He admitted he yeah, exactly. before, I, yeah. and he warned me that he wasn't going to like it. But Because like, I don't like hoppy beer either, so like it's not my thing. So I probably, I if I had the RK special, I probably 
would not enjoy it. I'd probably be like Shelby. Mace gets an RK yeah. special just with Strawberry Sky. Ah, yes. That's uh, not an arcade special, but I would like to see someone order it that maybe, may, or Maybe it's the Strawberry Sky and the Mango Mosaic. Uh, maybe. maybe. It's your fruits. Maybe. I but, mean, if you're ever going to have it, it's now. Maybe it's, it's Mango summer. Mosaic is hoppy, though, so you won't like how about it. The, how about the Mountain Beach and the Strawberry Sky? That could maybe work. Yeah, it could. Yeah. That's, how about, that's how about the, the Resolution and the Strawberry Sky? I haven't had a resolution in forever. Yeah. I think it's all well about it's all about the fruit with me. I like fruity drinks. I like fruity beers. Fair enough. Yes, it's all about it's all about the fruit. You got to have fruit. But whatever kind of Breck brew you want, you can come on down and get the member beer for the size of a of a regular beer. If you are a DNVR member, of course, you get to read our content. It's going to be really kicking up here in minicamp, and as we get into the season as well, we're going to have coverage of everything going on with the Broncos. You get that with membership. You also get a free. T-shirt from the DNVR locker, and what's more, you get discounts for future T-shirts at the DNVR locker. You'll get those discounts emailed to you, so you can get hey twenty percent off. Maybe get buy one get one free, whatever. So with T-shirts alone, you might find that the DNVR membership pays for itself. But then you've got more. You've got the chance to go on to our Discord and join members of the DNVR family, talk about your favorite teams without all the crap that you deal with on social media. You can be in the DNVR golf league and so much more. A chance to join us on the three ring circus every week. So why don't you check out DNVR? If you're not a member, become a member today and take advantage of all those benefits that are coming to you. All right. Uh, so when asked about the Broncos quarterback situation and Aaron Rodgers and all that stuff, Von Miller had a very interesting quote for a myriad of reasons. Let's start with the quote itself. Does someone want to deliver it for me? I will. It was to Vincent Bonsignor, who is the uh, Raiders beat writer for the Las Vegas Review Journal. And people are focused. Why exactly was he talking to him? Von Miller's pass rush summit was in Vegas. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's why. So it's a local story if you're covering the NFL. And really quick, speaking of that, uh, someone who was at Von Miller's pass rush summit in Vegas tested positive for COVID today. Uh, out in Jacksonville, so he's not able to participate in mandatory minicamp. You hope that, uh, you know, Vaughn has a vaccine, everyone there has a vaccine, and doesn't test positive for this week. I guess we'll find out, won't we? We will. Yes, we will. Anyway, so here's the quote that uh, Vaughn Miller said, and I want to read it like the quotes in full here rather than just kind of focus on four words that uh, most people are focusing on. Quote, juicy words. It's crazy to think about, you know, getting an Aaron Rodgers. You put him on any team in the league, and he changes that team, unquote. But then he kind of couched that by saying, quote, if you get too emotionally involved in those guys, referring to Aaron Rodgers, a guy you might trade for, and then it doesn't happen, now you got Locke over here looking like, what about now? So you don't want to get too emotionally attached to the rumors. You start thinking, oh, we're going to get Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson, but hold on, wait a minute, we've got Drew Locke. That's who we're running with. That's who we're going to the season with until anything changes, unquote. Wait, hold on, Vaughn. In your words, aren't there two quarterbacks here in Denver? Okay, so <laughs> Drew Locke mentioned. Aaron Rodgers mentioned. Deshaun Watson mentioned. One person very notably not mentioned in that quote. Also very open from Vaughn to a Las Vegas Raiders beat reporter. Yeah, come on here, Vaughn. Yeah. Talk with us. I think it's more likely it was just kind of an oversight on Vaughn's part, just answering the question, because Teddy has talked about how Vaughn is kind of 
reached out to him and talked with him, and it made him feel welcome when coming to the team. Sometimes I think we 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 really read a how little bit over, too much. How do you have an oversight on the the quarterback? <laughs> you just, or, just or a quarterback just, unless he's not the quarterback. You're to you. just answering a question about in the middle of a about quarterbacks in the middle of a pass rush summit. You're thinking about other. I think this is one. I know. This is part of what we do covering the team year round, and we kind of try to overly dissect everything. I don't think this is a big deal that he didn't mention Teddy. I think that if he only mentioned Teddy, you'd be saying it was a big deal. You'd be surprised, but the fact that we know that he has that he he it's not like Dance he is unaware it. of Teddy Bridgewater. He's not unaware of him, but I think we at least found out who he thinks is going to be the quarterback in that quote. Right. He, he, I mean, he said we're going into the season with Drew as our guy. So, I mean, again, I don't think he doesn't know Teddy Bridgewater exists, but I think he very clearly told you who he thinks is going to be the quarterback. And I don't know if may, this is overreading it, but it could be who he wants to be the quarterback. Potentially. And I do think that there is some, some reading into this. But one thing I can't deny is he very much pretty much said Drew's the starter court, starting quarterback in his mind, yes. at least with the way he answered this. Now, do I think that he's been dissecting the quarterback play in OTAs? No, no. I, I don't think so. So I don't think it has anything to do with that. But we know that, that you know, Vaughn puts his stamp on a lot of guys, pretty much every guy that walks in. But he's really put his stamp on Drew Locke, and it's clear that he hasn't backed away from that yet unless they can get a Hall of Fame quarterback. And I would have to think even Drew would understand that move. And I've talked to some players off the record about that who say the same thing, which is Drew, Teddy, whoever, understands that if the Broncos have an opportunity to get Aaron Rodgers, mm -hmm. everyone is going to be happy about that except for them. Right. Those two guys. and the yeah. play Or the player who gets traded for Aaron Rodgers right. in a deal. I think nobody wants to be that guy who is sent to Green Bay in a deal for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's absolutely talk, talk true. About, talk about a kick to the nuts. Downgrade in uh, location. <laughs> Downgrade in, well, I mean. Team. Hey, guess what? We traded for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, oh, my God, that's awesome. We traded you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can you imagine that feeling? Because the first tweet would from Adam Schefter would be, the Broncos and Packers have a deal for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And so... As a player, you hear that and you're celebrating. The next tweet is what the deal is, and that could just tear all that excitement right there. Man, what if the first tweet from Schefter is like the Broncos are trading three first-round picks and two starters on defense oh, for man. Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> Everyone on defense is just sitting there on a bed of nails. Um, wow, that's that's crazy, man. Yeah. It's interesting to think about the human side of these You would hope defense. that George Payton would have already told the players by then though. Like like he like it he rarely happens that I way. know, but like he told Drew Locke before the news broke, "Hey, we're bringing in Teddy Bridgewater." And the the fact that they the George Payton gives Drew Locke more respect than the Packers give Aaron Rodgers in terms of telling him about Jordan Love. I mean, just, if if yeah. you are pissed about that and you're a player and you're told beforehand, don't you just break the news on your own? Just got traded for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that would be epic. It's like um, Josie Jewell or something. Right. <laughs> I mean, that would definitely be the most viral he's ever gone on. Yeah, Twitter. exactly. Yeah.
he would always go down and i and then like i would be the one quote tweeting adam Schefter, being like please credit Josie <laughs> right, Jewel right. For this do news. you think whoever it is would be savvy enough to do it kind of an emoji like maybe is there an emoji of a of wedge of cheese yes like a cheese. Uh-huh. so yeah. maybe it's, it's a it's an emoji of a wedge of cheese and a head cheese head I mean, that would that, be... That wouldn't go as viral. <laughs> People would get it. One of us would, would have to boost it up. Right, right. If if anyone is going to be happy going to Green Bay on this Broncos defense, I would think it would be Josie. He would be like the closest mold to that. The upper Midwest guy. Yeah, yeah. 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 They would Loving probably like the cold. him there. Yeah. Um, do you think they could do just Aaron for Josie? <laughs> yeah, seems fair. <laughs> uh, He's a starter. <laughs> I want to circle back to that Von Miller comment, though, because mm. I... I do you think it it matters? And I really thought that Vaughn, I had a, a gut feeling that Vaughn was going to love Teddy. Like, I just felt like they've probably met each other. They probably hung out. And we talked about it a lot. I've always felt like Teddy was going to win the locker room pretty easily in this whole battle mm-hmm. um, just because of his reputation around the league and how likable he apparently is. Um so to me, this says that hasn't happened yet. With Vaughn. With Vaughn. Right. With Vaughn. And and really just not overall. Like I think because I think Vaughn, if there's anything that he does really, really well, it's he has a pulse of the locker room, a pulse of the team. And he knows kind of how to his leadership style is kind of how to ride that and adjust it and kind of push it in certain directions that he wants it to go. And I think that if he felt like, okay, well, the team wants Teddy, he would say, like, I'm, I'm going to follow them. But I don't think that's happened yet. And I do really think this tells you that he thinks Drew Locke will be the starting quarterback week one. I think as of right now, for whatever reason, I do think that other players have already bought into Teddy and, and really like him in the locker room. But for some reason, one. yeah, it, <laughs> yes. And for some reason, it hasn't gotten to Vaughn yet. Uh, but. To be fair, is that something that could have happened in three weeks in OTAs? Yes. Okay. But it doesn't mean it's bad news for Teddy that right. it hasn't yet. It's just, it's interesting. He still thinks that Drew is a starting quarterback. But yep. you also have pass catchers talking about kind of the work that Teddy is doing and Deontay Spencer pointing out like how Teddy is making him a better receiver and the things that Teddy is doing with him. And I think that's probably that might be more important than from hearing from that side of the ball than what, what Vaughn said kind of answering. And and the other thing is, I mean, he's answering a question about Aaron Rodgers, right? Mm-hmm. So again, that's where I think maybe we are looking a little bit too deeply into this. Maybe. I mean, I, I you can only look so deep into anything at this time and, of year, but I, it's definitely notable. And yeah. I mean, Vaughn and, and I mean, a few weeks ago, Vaughn, you know, Vaughn was sitting there, you know, saying that Teddy Bridgewater bringing him in to, for competition was, quote, what we need in the quarterback position, unquote. Yeah. So, I mean, and they definitely did need that competition. Um, and again, calling back to Shelby Harris, I thought he was going to be against quarterback competitions. Um, it just seems like something that would be annoying. You got to answer questions about it, even though you're a defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, there's all this uncertainty about who's going to lead the team, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because whoever wins this is going to end up with a captain's patch. It's the only person. Not, when is Vic Fangio giving out captain's patches? Either way, a metaphorical <laughs> captain's patch. Whoever is the starting quarterback is going to be a presumed team leader. 
It's the only position where that's dependent on, you know, a battle, right? right? Anywhere else you can look, you say Justin Simmons, he's a team leader, you know, and you point around. Uh, I thought he was going to say that that sucks, quarterback competitions. He liked quarterback competitions. I think everyone has this feeling that, okay, Drew is, is a player who has potential. He needs to be pushed. Teddy is a guy who can, you know, get us to the playoffs if he ends up winning this. That thing's, you know, iron sharpens iron, you know, like they said so much in 2015. So um, I think everyone was ready for a little bit of competition at that position. And what's interesting to, to see what happens with how players react during training camp, during mandatory mini camp. Uh, we heard Shelby publicly say on, on our podcast that he hates the Aaron Rodgers trade talk because it pins the players in an uncomfortable position. Is it do, do they advocate for getting a guy, a Hall of Fame quarterback that's coming in right away, but then they also have Drew and Teddy on the roster. But then you hear Von Miller very open about, yeah, any team wants, uh, wants Aaron Rodgers. And, of course, I think any player you talk to them, they're going to say that they want Aaron Rodgers, but it's an awkward dynamic of how you handle this. Same with the quarterback competition. So this organization is dealing with so many awkward things right now at the quarterback position. How does it all, and everyone's going to deal with it differently. The players are put in a pretty weird spot here. Yeah, and the the players know kind of what the right thing is to say on the record. And then, you know, look, every guy in that locker room has thought about Aaron Rodgers. Oh yeah, and it's thought about the possibility and what it might, and <laughs> what it would mean for right, them. That's what we I'm thinking. Out the ceiling. <laughs> yes, I mean, you're only human. If if you don't, if you are not a quarterback, and you don't think about what Aaron Rodgers would do for this team, then uh, your your head is in the sand. And I mean, just look. There were a few weeks ago when Justin Simmons was on, and obviously he gave the right kind of response on the record. But when the when he said Aaron Rodgers' his name, he had this kind of he couldn't like hold back this smile that came across his face right. on the Zoom. I mean, guys know. Guys it's, know <clears throat> they're going to be diplomatic, and they respect Drew and Teddy as teammates. But they, you know, but I look at it this they way: they all know. If there were rumors that Peyton Manning wanted to host the DNVR Broncos podcast <laughs> and replace me. <laughs> There's no way I would be upset at you two for hoping that happens. <laughs> well, yeah. breaking from Schefter right now, Peyton Manning wants to host the DNVR Broncos podcast. Come get it, Peyton. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think there's like a – it's a weird situation. I can understand why the players don't like it, but there's no way Drew or Teddy is sitting there being like, are you guys serious? Like, right. you don't want me to be the guy? And everyone's like, no, it's not really that. It's just that – you don't really have a chance of being better than Aaron Rodgers. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, that that's uh, not a slight to them. It would be, the, again, the first time the reigning NFL MVP has left his team. Wow. And then we get two MVPs in Denver. Yeah. Um, last thing, I guess, here uh, in this segment is, any is there any update on Aaron Rodgers? Is there anything new, anything that needs to be touched on? Mark Murphy being just a dumb a dumbo uh, <laughs> this, this weekend. I mean, just saying... What did he call him? A uh, complicated fella. A complicated fella. <laughs> what the are you doing? And now I know he was talking about like a group of players being complicated fellas yeah. and specifically about Aaron Rodgers was a little bit blown out of proportion. Wait, what was he really saying? He was talking about just how he's, you know, dealt with a lot of complicated fellas and stuff throughout he's his He's played with some complicated career. fellas. I mean, that back this is going way back, but 
I mean, he was a teammate of Joe Theismann when Theismann was Washington's quarterback. Guys don't get much more complicated in that kind of scenario than Theismann was back in the there's day. There's a there's a <laughs> um, a line of clothes called Violent Gentlemen. I feel like I want to make a uh, one that competes with them called Complicated Fellas. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And uh, I think Aaron Rodgers is probably a complicated fella, whatever really the heck that means. If I'm him. I'm saying, you know, I've dealt with so many complicated fellas, but let me tell you what, Aaron Rodgers, he is the best guy I've ever been around. I want him here with me. I want him in Green Bay. You don't say anything stupid like that. Yeah, uh, it's like you're you're fighting with your girlfriend, and her friend's <laughs> like, hey, what's going on? And you're like, you know, she's just a really complicated girl. <laughs> well, I mean, look at the Facebook status when you put up, it's complicated. It's complicated. There's nothing positive about that. <laughs> uh, figure it out. Make it uncomplicated. Um, Unless you're trending in the way of, uh, you know, you broke up and now it's complicated in a good way. And then the next step is get back together. But they're going the opposite way. They were together. Now it's complicated. Once that hits Facebook. You know it's gonna it's gonna go for a uh, a break. Who would ever actually make their status complicated? I don't know. Is that still an option? Like I've only ever seen that done ironically. Right. Seriously. I don't think that's still that can't still be an option. All right. Uh, I've got well, a sudden urge to listen to Avril Lavigne now, thanks to this conversation. Oh, oh I don't, I don't get the reference. Why but. you have to make? I can't do it. Oh, <laughs> why you have to make things so complicated? You know. Oh, of I like it in the other octave. Yeah. <laughs> why you have to make things so complicated? Sounds just like her. Oh. oh. Yeah. Well, there's nothing complicated about listening to the rest of the show. All you got to do is listen uh, and go download Beautiful. anywhere you listen to podcasts. That's where mm-hmm. you will find. The rest of what we are doing here, we'll get to all of your comments in the comments section. Uh, But for the live side of things, that's going to wrap it up for us. We will talk to you guys later. All right. Thanks for rolling with us into the podcast. Ryan had to go, so Mason and I got you down the stretch. And before we get into the comments section, got to tell you about our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee because they have not been feeling the love lately. So what they've done is they have now upped the ante. They're giving you a chance to get 25% off your first purchase of Strava Craft Coffee. All you have to do is use the magical code DNVR25 at checkout over at Strava Craft Coffee, and you'll get 25% off the delicious, smooth CBD coffee. And guys, this is not only delicious coffee, but it packs the CBD punch, which helps with aches, pains, headaches, migraines, anything that's going on, it helps relieve. And in fact, some people even say it gets rid of the coffee jitters. You can have as much Strava Craft Coffee as you want without any coffee jitters. So make sure to check them out over at Strava Craft Coffee. Use that code DNVR25. And after you've used that code once, make sure to subscribe to Strava and you'll get 20% off every single purchase after that. We've had a couple of you guys reach out this past week and say that you use the code DNVR25. 25 and it has helped so much and you love the coffee so you guys make sure to join their lead follow their lead and get in on strava craft coffee code dnvr 25 you know i'm in the process of moving right now i'm going to be in the dtc greenwood village area and one of the best bits of news about that zach is that i am near an illegal pete's location Ooh, money oh boy I know Ryan's buying illegal peats. I'm buying mm. illegal peats. You're now buying oh, illegal peats. I'm so thrilled. I mean, I was working my way there regularly, but now I'll be there even more to get that Baja fish burrito that I absolutely love. It's the best fish burrito I've, ba- I've found anywhere that isn't next to a huge body of water or an ocean. 
That's how good it is. You're going to find it at Illegal Pete's. They're back with us. We're pumped to have them on board again here at DNVR. As you guys know, the pandemic shut down many restaurants, and Illegal Pete's was one of them for a while, but they've been back in action for a while. We couldn't be happier to promote them and tell you all about them. Adam Mares of the DNVR Nuggets podcast will eat Illegal Pete's at least once a week, so ask him on Twitter what is the best thing on the menu. I'll tell you it's the Baja Fish Burrito. Everyone's got a different favorite. Zach, what's your favorite? Oh, man, I love the fish tacos. I love the nachos. Get the chips on the side mm-hmm. so you can scoop it in. The, the chips don't get soggy. It, it It's the best chips and dip you'll ever get. Yeah, that's I can't disagree with you there. So everybody's got something that they love over at Illegal Pete's, and they've got a sound check promotion right now. This is this is what the deal is. At all locations, you get a free draft peer or house mark with purchase of an adult entree if you show a same-day ticket to any event. So if you're going to a concert, you know, Red Rocks is popping right now, show your ticket to that concert, and you're going to get yourself a free house mark or a free draft beer with an entree. Of course, they're all over the Denver area. they got a new, bigger location in Lodo at the corner of Wazi and 16th. It's close to Ball Arena. It's close to Coors Field. So hit them up before any game that you might go to. And all locations serve breakfast until 1 p.m. Friday through Sunday. The Lodo location has breakfast every day. Breakfast at Illegal Pete's means breakfast burritos, tacos, bowls, even breakfast quesadillas and nachos. Chorizo, a proprietary blend of chorizo that they have. It's going to be used uh, when they put sausage in there. They got bacon crumbles as part of their breakfast meats as well. So check them out. And don't forget, they care about their employees. So you go to Illegal Pete's and you wonder why the service is so good, the food is so good. It is because they've got terrific staff and they give their employees a living wage starting at $15 an hour plus tips, free food and drinks off ship, discount off duty, 401k match, paid time off to all employees, and option for health insurance for all full-time employees. They take care of the people that make everything possible over at Illegal Pete. So check them out anywhere in the Denver area. Find a location near you. DTC for me. You can go to the Lodo location, others around the area, and they're always going to take care care of you at Illegal Pete's. Also, make sure to check out our friends over at Hassle Cattle Company. It is damn good beef. And guys, we have Hassle Cattle Company at the DNVR Bar. We have given them our stamp of approval as good as you can get. We've done it with Breckenridge Brewery with their beer being in the bar. We've now done it with Hassle Cattle Company with their meat being in the bar. And I got to tell you what, Mace, when I was here for a, uh, a game last week, someone got a Hassle Cattle Company burger but they did it without the bun, and it was just this huge piece of meat of Wagyu Ooh. beef. It looked Ooh. so good. You know who else got one? Shelby Harris got a Wagyu beef burger from Hassle Cattle Company. And that man knows us, his burgers. And he loved it. So if you want the, the, the Shelby stamp of approval, well, he's given it to Hassle Cattle Company as well. And, guys, it's the best damn Wagyu that any man or woman can afford because they make it reasonably priced. In fact, here at the bar it's only $12 to get a top of the line burger and they are also offering an offer for for anyone not eating Hassle Cattle Company at the DNBR bar they're giving you a buy three get one free on their flank steaks they're delicious lean extremely flavorful once you get them slice them against the grain when carving and it's an ideal choice if you're looking to marinate use the code DNBR flank 
That's D-N-V-R-F-L-A-N-K at checkout to get your buy three, get one free. And of course, use the code D-N-V-R-10 for 10% off your order over at, at over at HassleCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com. And any order over $200 gets you free shipping. So use a couple of codes, D-N-V-R flank, D-N-V-R 10. Make sure to spend 200 bucks to get that free shipping. All right, Mace, let's hop into the comment section today. First one. Coming from Melbourne Bronco. Hi, guys. How awesome was Shelby Harris? I was listening while driving for work, smiling and laughing. People looking at me was like, what's this lunatic so happy about? And the man likes cricket. On cricket, many weeks ago, there was a comment asking you guys, who is the best sportsman of all time? Often overlooked in the United States, Don Bradman, Aussie champion in the 1930s, finished with a career batting average of 99.97 in the 90 years since. Nobody has averaged better than 62. Comparisons would be a career baseball average of 500. And this done with subpar equipment, no helmet. The English even tried deliberately trying to hit him in the head continuously, and Bradman continued dominating. I'm a big patriot here, but stats don't lie. Love, love three-ring circus. Keep them coming. Yeah, Shelby was tremendous. And, he was. Uh, hopefully we'll see more players uh, come in because, you know, with, with Shelby, like, we kind of learned a lot about him. We learned about his background as a bartender uh, when he was living in the Milwaukee area. We learned about how much of a an all-around sports enthusiast he is. That's the thing. He's not just a football guy. Like, Shelby, I think, uh, I think anyone that just watches sports, whatever's on every night, I think they can kind of relate to Shelby. Mm-hmm. Because, like, there he is. He's talking about cricket. You know, we were guiding into a little bit of a of, of, of rugby conversation. That's, Shelby just, he just loves sports. He just loves competition. He does. And he can find, and he can find some joy and value in, any of it. He's probably watching some soccer right now with the Euros going on over throughout Europe, the European Championships. So, hey, you know, it's cool. It's it's very cool. I think uh, I think everyone who watched that three ring mm. circus uh, is going to be pulling for yeah. the Bucks now that the Nuggets are out of the playoffs, just for Shelby. Yeah. Well, they haven't won a title since what nineteen seventy one. It's been fifty years. It's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know what? They they've paid their dues. Yes. Of course, the, I can hear people saying, well, the Jazz and the Clippers, they haven't won it at all. And the Suns haven't won it at all. And well, the Nets t- haven't. Actually, you know what? Think I just kind of you think about it for a moment. Uh, the, the Sixers have won a championship in 83. The Bucks won it in 71. And then you're going through like the Nets and the Hawks and the Suns. We're going to get some new blood here. Mm-hmm. Zach. Yes, we are. But the Nuggets would have been new blood too. That's what we would rather have seen. Yeah, around here, obviously. D. Bronk, Packer fans, and Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, keep saying that the Packers would get more back in a trade in 2022 than they would now because one, there will be more teams bidding for the services of Aaron Rodgers. Two, by withholding Rodgers from a team like Denver in 2021, they'd be increasing the value of the draft pick Denver would have to offer in 2022. Can you guys explain how a 37-year-old quarterback coming off an MVP season would bring back more value than a 38-year-old quarterback who set out the previous year? If the Packers won a high first-round pick back in a trade, couldn't Denver and Green Bay work out a deal that would be commensurate with the value of a top-10 pick? If you guys were making these trade offers, how much would your July 2021 trade offer 
differ from your March 2022 trade offer? Would your interest in Aaron Rodgers dwindle at all if you had to wait until next year? Sorry for the thousand questions. I've just been thinking about this a lot lately. Well, here's one of the key things is they the Packers would know exactly what draft pick they would be getting in the 2022 draft if they waited to trade him until after this season. Because Mace, right now, if they were to trade Aaron Rodgers to Denver, they would probably know that it's going to be a pick in the late 20s. Well, what happens if the Broncos have a similar season as last year, go 5-12 and 12 or 6-11 and 11 this year, and they're sitting with the ninth overall pick? Well, then they know they're getting a top 10 pick in return for Aaron Rodgers. Or let's say the Broncos, you know, take a step up but are still interested in Aaron, but they're picking 20th next year. But then let's say another team has a top five pick. Well, that's a lot more valuable for the Packers to know what pick they're getting instead of trading him now, not knowing what pick they're getting. So that's really just where the advantage comes from the Packers. But also, I do think instead of getting three first-round picks for Aaron Rodgers, we may probably only get in two first-round picks next year. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think that they will get more now. Uh, it, but I also have to think in this scenario, Aaron Rodgers isn't sitting out an entire year. Aaron Rodgers is begrudgingly coming back, playing mm-hmm. with the promise or something, the understanding that he's going to be traded after this year. Yeah, that that's something that I think that Peter King brought up that, okay, you kind of bring him back, but you tell him we're trading him next year. Right. The other thing, if he did play, I mean, he could get hurt. He's going to take some hits. He's he's older. The other the very other variable that's interesting here is next year's quarterback class because, yes, at this moment, it's not as highly regarded as this year's quarterback class. But we have seen quarterbacks that made that quick rise up to become viable top of the first round quarterback in that top ten quarterbacks in that top ten. We talk about Spencer Rattler, and we talk about Sam Howell of North Carolina, but what if Malik Willis out of Liberty builds off that promising year that he had? Uh, you know, what if uh, Emory Jones? There's a lot of buzz about him coming out of Florida. What if he takes that huge leap and, and works his way up? Desmond Ritter of Cincinnati, same thing. There are so many variables that, for all for all we know, we could be looking at another draft where there are four or five quarterbacks that could potentially go in the top 15 and that in turn would depress the market for Aaron Rodgers a little bit as well whereas right now there are more questions about the quarterback class that haven't been answered if those start getting answered the point where teams are willing to take one of those guys rather than trade for Aaron Rodgers that too will depress the market a little bit so I I think the time for the Packers to do it believe it or not is now or this summer Mm, yep, yep. Very good point, Mace. Next one from Casper. Fellas, would you rather have to have Von Miller's tattoos copied on your body for the next 12 months or have to wear only Cam Newton's wardrobe in your size, of course, for the next 12 months? How say you, Mace, this one is so easy to me. I think Von Miller's tattoos look look pretty cool. He's got some good ones. But can you imagine me in those tattoos? No, yeah. I can't. Give me Cam Newton's crazy hats, crazy feathers, crazy everything he wears before I, I have to have uh, all of Vaughn's tattoos. Yeah, I mean, I've got a couple. Uh, there's at least one sweater I have that was kind of like the the Cam Newton sweater a few years ago. Um, I've got some crazy hats. I've got some crazy ties. 
I've got to go with the Cam Newton wardrobe here easily. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Vaughn. Easy. <laughs> NZ Zach. My boys, how is everyone? Like always, bloody great content. Although I don't comment much, I listen to every podcast. Three Ring Circus is an amazing addition to the DNVR podcast. Shelby had me crying with laughter. We speak of nickel and dimes, wide receiver and tight end combinations, cowbell running backs one and two, and so many more. So I thought my question is why not play Teddy Andrew? Every team and situation may be better suited to one quarterback. We don't have an elite quarterback. That's very clear. But why not play to the team's strengths? If the Broncos need to take a chance with a Hail Mary, send in Drew. If they're making progress on offense with simple, safe play, send in Teddy. Why rely on getting one elite quarterback when we could have two good quarterbacks with totally different strengths? Until next time. Keep on keeping on. And thank you so much, yeah. NZ Zach. Love the, way, lo- love the name, by the way. Love the picture you've got going on, by the way. And love that you tune in with us every day. And love the fact that you're thinking outside the box on this because it's intriguing. You can't say that it won't work because something like this really hasn't been tried extensively. Now, we can think back to the every other play shuttling that First, Tom Landry did with Craig Morton and Roger Staubach. And then Dan Reeves, who played for Tom Landry, revived when John Elway was hurt in 1992 and shuttled in Tommy Maddox and Sean Moore. But that's, like, different than just saying, okay, one quarterback for one situation, one for the next. The only thing is that um, if you do this, do teams adjust their personnel based on which quarterback they see wandering in there because you couldn't have them both out at the same time very often because unless one of them was an effective wide receiver, then you'd be be basically like taking a player off the field if you had them both on the field at the same time. So the quarterback that you had in might end up tipping your hand a little bit, and then you'd see uh, certainly an opposing defensive coordinator say, okay, okay, uh, Drew Lock package, get, you know, They'd have a package for Drew. They'd have a package for Teddy. So that's where I think it might run into some issues. The other the other thing is also a Hail Mary play. If that's all Drew Locke is playing, then, you know, the Broncos actually had that in play back in 2012. They had, uh, they had Brock Osweiler, who was active to throw Hail Marys if, uh, if they needed him when Peyton Manning started. Yeah, and it, it, you can do that, Mace. You can cycle in a quarterback to throw a Hail Mary. That wouldn't be the craziest thing ever. Yeah. But that's one very specific play that you're doing once or twice yeah. a year, potentially that much. So you can do that, but there's timing, there's rhythm, there's mm-hmm. leadership, there, there's everything uh, about the quarterback play where you need just one guy. So I really do like where you're coming from, but if if one of those guys isn't good enough to be on the field the whole game, then they really shouldn't be on the field. And if both of those guys aren't good enough, oh, Mace, we're in a world to hurt. <laughs> we're we're going to yeah. be in a world to suck again. So you hope that one of the guys takes the job and, and leaves no room for the other one to, you know, potentially seeing playing time outside of a Hail Mary. The old cliche, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none, right? Uh, and that would be true in this in this scenario. Yeah, Um by the way, the, the Broncos on their social media feeds right now, they're doing uh, video shoots for players, like for the scoreboard and things like that. Yeah. Three players they've put out so far as we record this are Javante Williams, Pat Sertan, and Drew Locke. How about that? How about that? We'll see if we see a Teddy one. All right. Count Locula. And we're, we have limerick time here. 
There once was a man from Missouri who lost the faith of the fans in a hurry. In a Calherdian claim, his antics called lame, but his picks were the crux of the worry. And then I respond by saying, there once was a QB named Teddy who arrived looking tested and ready. He pushed it downfield as aggression revealed. Could he prove to be more than just steady? Wow. Beautiful. Beautifully <laughs> done, Mace. And, uh, man, you you and the Count going head-to-head uh, uh, -head there. I love it. I'm always up for a good limerick competition. A good limerick competition. Yes. don't even know what limerick is. Uh, it's it's that kind of poetry. Like, it's you have... Um, the, two, the first two lines end in a rhyme, and then two, the next two lines are shorter and in a different rhyme, and then you go back to the original rhyme to end the last line. Wow. But, I mean, we're used to, like, dirty limericks, like, uh, you know, there once was a man from Nantucket. Right. Or there once was a man named Enos. <laughs> yes, I can only imagine where that goes. Uh. Next one from Dan Burke. Hey, guys. So I was watching a Nick Sirianni presser the other day, and one of the reporters in Philly asked if there was any benefit to having a very young coaching staff. Their linebacking coach in particular is 27 years old, to which Sirianni said that the Eagles have an advantage over most teams in the NFL because a lot of the players are visual learners, and the Eagles have a staff that can demonstrate themselves in drills instead of purely telling them what to do. That made me think about the Broncos coaching staff, which is one of the oldest in the league. Now, I'm not going to deny that our staff is full of great teachers and some of the best coaches at their positions, but is that a dynamic the Broncos are missing out on? From what I can gather, Christian Parker is pretty hands-on with the kind of stuff he's willing to do in his 20s, which speaks to Sirianni's point. But do y'all think there's something to this? I think there's something to the fact that guys are different types of learners, but not everybody is a visual learner. So I think there's something to that, but I don't think you necessarily say, well, just a lot of, a lot more young guys are visual learners than other types of learners. I think uh, there are some guys who are learners by doing, and there are some who can kind of re who can just read and, and grasp things. I think part of it is figuring out what types of learners that you have and, is that something that, for example, you can get into in terms of your research on players leading into a draft? I think at the in the in the years with a scouting combine, the answer would be absolutely that you could figure that out. Especially when you get them in the the meeting rooms for fifteen minutes, you can kind of figure out what sticks with them. Little little less little hazier probably uh, this time around with everything going on. But I think what you mentioned, Dan. It's kind of intriguing. It's just figuring out what kind of learners you have. Yeah, I, I don't really think running a guy through a drill is that much of an advantage. Now, I think there can be some advantage to younger coaches being able to connect with, with players uh, and, and uh, um, be able to teach them that the way that, that they think they need to be taught as opposed to having such a disconnect between coaches that are in their 60s and stuff like that. But, but some I don't... of the best coaches we've seen have been older coaches. Yeah, and yeah. They've I mean... Obviously, Bill Kolar has no has figured out how to connect with the young guys. Mm -hmm. Wade Phillips certainly connected with young, with his young players in a profound way. So I think it's just kind of, I think it's just more to the personality and the type of learner you are than than an age thing. Right. I think it's interesting, but I don't think being able to physically perform a drill and walk no. around a cone to show them how it's done is good enough. Bill Kolar, he's not going full speed. He, he's not even running, but he can show you where to put the feet, where to put mm -hmm. the hands. They can do enough. Right. That, that's a, and that's a great point. Yeah, you don't have to move, but if you can just show. Mike Munchak's very good at that as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, he can't move like he did when he played, but he knows how to, he knows how to get a guy ready. And right. he knows how to show, to show them what they need to do. And, and the guys, 
respond to that. So yeah, exactly. Next one coming in from Beham Bronco. Hello, dudes. Three Ring Circus with Shelby was a hoot. Seriously amazing content. It's so cool for fans to see the human side of these guys we watch every Sunday. I wonder if we could get Draymond to come on the show because from what Shelby said, it seems like he's a really interesting guy as well. My question for today, would you rather be able to communicate with cats or dogs? For me, it's cats. I'm a dog person, and as much as I love dogs, I think I understand the way they think most of the time. Cats are a true mystery to me. I don't even think they're originally from Earth sometimes. Can't <laughs> wait to hear your answers. Much love love from the hot, muggy, gross state of Alabama. Yeah, you know what? The thing with dogs is, in our minds, we kind of assume what, what they're thinking, even though it may not be the case. But we sort of need that. Like, in dogs even though they may think we're nuts in our minds, we kind of assume they're affirming us. <laughs> right. And I think we kind of need that. So yeah, I think, uh, cats all, because I don't know if I want to know that my dogs are telling me you're an idiot. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know if I can live with that. I, I think I would rather just when I'm talking with my dog, when I'm unburdening myself and I get a lick on the cheek from Ruby or Cooper that, Okay, that's that that's love rather than just pity. Oh, right. Very fair. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like the justification here from mm -hmm. Beham Bronco. You know, cats are just so mysterious. And so I, I agree with that. Also, I have two cats. I, I, I like dogs and cats, but I have two cats. So I would love mm -hmm. to be able to talk to them. It's pretty crazy that we live with animals that we will never once have a true conversation with. True, but they are domesticated. Uh-huh. Yes. So. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> Next one coming in from Pig Tosser 66. Mr. Shelby Harris is my new favorite Bronco. Thank you, guys. That was amazing. Even if he was hating on the RK special. Ha ha. Oh. Yes, we loved it. Thank you so much again to Shelby Harris for coming. What a blast it was. He was terrific. And mm -hmm. uh, hopefully we'll have him back again sometime. And yes. Who knows? Maybe Hending Bar. Yes, exactly. Wouldn't that be, wouldn't Guest that be appearance. fun? Dak Logan. Hey, guys. The Nugget season is done. And the twin season will be over at the end of the month. So now it's that time of year again where I try to talk myself into the Broncos making the playoffs. Can you help me do this if we do not acquire another quarterback to our current roster, please? And thanks. Well, it's easy. I mean, if they have average quarterback play, and we've seen in the past that Teddy can absolutely be an average quarterback. Drew, we've seen flashes of him being an above-average quarterback. If Drew can steady it out and be average, that's all they need, Mace. Mm -hmm. And this team will have a winning record. And at 9-8, and eight, you'll be in the playoff mix. Now, you'll probably have to go 10-7 and seven in order to make the playoffs, but this team will be competitive. And, in fact, if they get average play, Mace, they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to be a 10-7 and seven team. If they get just below average, well, they're going to be competitive in the mix in December and November, and then maybe they, they get lucky and the defense gets hot in December to take them to 10-7. and seven. And also, you're playing the NFC East, and unless you have a huge revival from that division, that's going to be a pretty soft underbelly. You should be able to get some wins there. You only have five games against teams that had winning records last year. And yes, start off against teams that won what, combined nine games last year with the Giants, Jaguars, and the Jets. So you have a chance to get some confidence-building results and get off to a good start. And that's the sort of thing that can sustain you. You start off 3-0, and and then you're thinking, wow, okay, we could go in the next 14 games that we could go 7-7. Seven and seven. We could be a, 
you start off 3-0, you go 500 the rest of the way, you're probably a playoff team. Mm-hmm. And that certainly would buoy you rather than the last couple of years where they've buried themselves at the start. So I think it's all set up for the Broncos, no matter who their quarterback is, to have a winning record and be at least a playoff team. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Mace. I totally agree. And, man, I have loved this podcast rolling with you, Mace. And before we get out of here, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online, one more time because they're the new urban online university with learning outcomes that are equivalent to face-to-face courses, which is unheard of at other universities. But MSU Denver delivers. They have great gen eds taught by real people, great completion options, full programs, and the virtual services to keep you healthy and happy on your way to graduation. They're the pre Eminent online university in the Rocky Mountain region. Whether you're online or on campus, it's all the same to them. Their students do just as well online as they do in person, which means you get the same degree while continuing to live your life. And Mace, despite the the Avs and Nuggets and Rocky struggles, we're going to continue to live our life, specifically through the Denver Broncos. We will be out at mandatory minicamp tomorrow. Wednesday and Thursday, unless Vic cancels Thursday. And we will be going live right after the practices. So make sure to subscribe to our YouTube, hit the alerts so you know exactly when we're going live. And we really appreciate all of you rolling with us today on the DNBR Broncos podcast. For Andrew Mason, I'm Zach Stevens. Have a terrific start of your week. We'll talk to you tomorrow. I'll take